Hey everyone, welcome back to Kevin and the Wu-Tang Clan. I have not been back for, it's been about close to a year now, maybe 10 months or so, um, and I just kind of suddenly got the itch to do a podcast. Um, there's been a lot of things that have happened in my personal life and just in general, the world's kind of maybe falling apart with COVID and everything like that, but before the world does fall apart, I have a regular guest that had been on the show a lot, um, talking NBA, um, but today we're probably going to do a little bit, some something a little bit different, but Andrew Ramondi, welcome back on to the show. Hey man, good to see you. Um, we're just, you know, I hope we're just hanging out, period, uh, and like for the first time in quite a while, like I think we've... Uh, this is the second time I've seen you, uh, basically in the last like, and now it's it's year crazy because you said right? a year, but now it's a year and a half. Yeah. yeah, just tons of life stuff and COVID stuff, and you're right, everything. But uh, excited to see you again. We're recording this in in my Jersey City apartment uh, for the first time. We had been doing phone pods, and then like you said, I think the last last uh pod we did was around like the james harden trade in november or whatever but seemed like a good time to uh just catch up and talk about sports and whatever else and and see what happens like i was thinking about something sort of interesting that you and i did together that will have a weird place in the whole arc of covid and sports i which was like we went to a blazer nets game and april or may we've literally talked about this more even on a failed aborted podcast <laughs> attempt that went awry to lost files issues. that's like lost that's, files i mean number that's three classic for us. yeah yep. we we whatever it's all good man um but uh, but anyway we went to an nba game that was at, i think 25 percent attendance which was sort of i was saying like an interesting i thought um you know, like, things are back at full attendance now, and then there was the empty stadium period, but we kind of got a unique experience, which which I think we both agree wasn't as unique as we would have wished it to, but still sort of an interesting thing to have done in the in the grand scheme of things. It was just weird that there was only, was it 10% or 25%? And maybe it was 10. I think it, I'm maybe it was, sure it was 10. 10% because 15. The, it was completely No, there empty. were, like... There was no one in there. Yeah, that's true. There was, like, when I think about it, there were, like... There was, like, us and, like, people. It, like, our section had to have had, like, 20 people in it total yeah, or something yeah. like that. And so you're probably right. It's just, it's kind of weird to see the contrast now because I recently went to a Yankees yeah. game on, we're recording this on a Sunday. Uh, I went on Friday night a couple days ago and I was in the bleachers completely packed. Yeah. And it's... The contrast is so weird to think about and seeing how far we've come in maybe the last three months or so yeah. in terms of fans coming back to games. But getting back to that Nets-Blazers game, it just did not feel... I, I don't think we got the experience that we yeah. were hoping to get going to that game. Yeah. Because they were pumping in music. Yes. Um, it felt like a, any normal game. Correct. It's not like Nets fans really... Like if I had my loud, eyes closed, if I had my eyes closed and you were like, Andrew, you're at like you're watching Seton Hall play like 
DePaul on like a Tuesday night or something like you know what I mean not right. Seton Hall playing DePaul it would be like you're watching an out of conference like college basketball game and like mm. uh, a f- b- sort of full but not very enthusiastic arena like I would have believed it just based right. on what and and I think we had designs of like the idea of like maybe we'll be able to hear the players or like maybe I sort of wanted this like eerie watching a NBA game in a high school gym type vibe to it and we didn't get that not to say it was like a bad thing but it made makes you realize like especially in the NBA specifically where music and like there's there's more of a production value for lack of a better word to what's going on uh it makes you realize how much of your experience is actually based around those things as opposed to you know the actual game the authentic yeah just the what's happening yeah the baseball game thing was an interesting interesting point to bring up too i went to a mets game also i think the outdoor versus indoor thing is slightly different like we'll see what happens with like as we get into the fall and stuff like that and like Mm -hmm. the nba season rolls around again uh going to like a like if we go to a seton hall basketball game or something like that that'll kind of be an interesting benchmark um but no totally true so I actually had one question off of that tangent okay. that or it's like a just a separate tangent sure. that was completely unrelated, but it kind of got me thinking about well when you're when you're watching this game and we kind of expected oh we're going to be in this high school gym almost like to the point where it would just be for the people in the stands and they would have a completely unique sure. type of experience. Now, if you can relate that to something like a concert or music, yeah, and like having like this big star kind of ha- going from big venue to small venue, yeah, I was I was just curious, like, do you have like a person or so or so, like celebrity person that is a comedian artist that you'd want to see maybe in that type of scenario where? So I'm I'm trying to imagine. Who, do someone, you have someone well, who came was, to mind for you? Just well, I was I was just trying to imagine like what does Kanye sound like <laughs> in like a small yeah. club? Well, yeah, because I was gonna say I was gonna say to you and Kanye, someone who without going too much on a Kanye tangent right. either. Uh, because I'm sort of a like lapsed Kanye West fan, for lack of a better <laughs> word. Um, but um, I was gonna say for me, like most of my not to be like hipstery, but like a lot of my favorite music are is like rock bands who I could see in a relatively small mm. club. So it doesn't the people I think about are like pop stars and rap right, stars right, right. basically. So someone like Kanye is interesting. What I will say about the Kanye thing, I've seen Kanye twice on the Yeezus tour and the St. Pablo tour. Kanye is an interesting person because he knows how to do an arena show. He's done mm-hmm. the St. Pablo famously. He was on a stage that was like floating above the crowd and shit like that. Um, so I don't know. Like the He's so good at the production. He's had these stadium listening parties and stuff for his latest record. So like he does the actually does the arena tour so well the arena experience so well that like i don't know if he's the one and just rap music generally like to me i gravitate towards someone like taylor swift weirdly right like, someone who's more of a singer songwriter. because when you said that my mind went to like bruce springsteen um mm. has like this he did the show on broadway where he was like right. playing to where you could basically do what sort of happened and apparently it's incredible so i think whatever taylor swift's version of that would would be sort of well interesting. yeah i was kind of thinking someone 
that has a developed like production but can kind of go acoustic kind of some like sure i don't know like how you would change it up like someone like beyonce or something like that yeah like of going course. that that route would be super fascinating beyonce is a good Just, one like, to say very like intimate club where like there's you know 30 people and sure club, like and it's almost like you're finding an undiscovered artist. Yeah, I I, I don't know. That question just kind of no that up uh, no it, it is a no that is a that is a very good question. Um, and I've had like yeah those I prefer having gone to like a wide variety of different kinds of shows and stuff like that over the course of sort of my music discerning career. I think small shows are usually more interesting than than bigger ones as as a matter of course to me. So Right. And I, I think like just related and how we relate that kind of back to what we saw yeah. um during the Blazers Nets game was I think there was uh, with that wanting of intimacy yeah. in the stadium, I kind of wanted more interaction sure. if that made it, it made sense. Like and and people might think of me they're probably like what are you talking about like w- they're playing a basketball game yeah. how, how are they going to ha- be more interactive when there's less people but just more and and the stadium music kind of took took away from that and yeah. i think we alluded to it but just even hearing them talk about defense sure. or like um shouting assignments out like Correct. oh you would be you, like yeah. would be fascinating yeah. like and and like even a lot of the um, production, like media production, in terms of uh, getting access, getting inside access, has been one of those really fascinating um, inside looks into you know F one's been super popular yeah. on, on that Netflix series. Um, I know like all the hard knock stuff is super fascinating as well. So I think it was one of those things where being able to get maybe an inside look that we would never normally be able to see would have been one of those super fascinating types of moments that, Hey, like I, Hey, I was at that game and I remember when Dame Lillard said this to, Whoever. Well, I'll posit two things for for why I think they probably don't do that, and I'm actually not going to go towards the the kind of hack. Well, if you heard Draymond Green say such and such or whatever, right. like he could get in trouble. I think it's two things. One, I think it's probably the difference between the concert thing you outlined and the I go into a game is a game is televised as well. Mm. So there's a I I wouldn't be surprised if they want to keep some so I'm not like clearly they could pump music over the over the TV like you don't require music in arena but I just wonder if there's they are vested in keeping some sort of sense of consistency for the TV production and the other thing that don't you don't you think if you're a NBA player when's the last time you played in a gym where you <laughs> heard what you know what I mean where there wasn't all the shit going on mm. so I wouldn't be surprised if for the benefit of the the labor like to keep the conditions relatively similar mm. like and I think it is a established like when players were in the bubble for example they wanted the games it they articulated that it made them more comfortable to sort of have the aesthetics of the arena you know what i mean mm. like they still played like you know you know how there'll be like some they'll play like the whatever be- defense, some or defense, or just yeah. like there'll be some little uzi vert be- oh, or they'll yeah, be yeah, like yeah. <laughs> just like repeating a, uh-huh. i was doing uh 
what's that song called? Uh, uh, whatever. I was doing that Rick Ross, Drake, stay scheming <laughs> was what I was trying to do there. But you know what I mean? Like, it's possible that for their level of comp, like, it gives them a level of comfort mm-hmm. to have that as opposed to the empty, weird arena experience that would benefit us. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's true. Um, I guess I was thinking, like, they play. I mean, they p- must play in gyms during the summer of and course, stuff like that. Of but course, of course. I guess for like real games that yeah. actually matter, they. I mean, it's all a unique experience yeah. for them too. And I think. I mean, granted, we were really high up in yeah. the stadium, so it's not like we would have really ever heard them. Yeah, it's not like we were going to hear people whispering to each other on the right, bench. Or right. Right. Exactly. Shit. But I think if. If someone was yelling something out loud, you probably could have heard because I I do vividly remember like a Blazers fan just kind of going off yes, on on correct. Uh, and Terry there were, like, Stotts and stuff sti- like that. <laughs> so yes. like, so Which he was pretty prescient in his own way. But right. no, you are right, and we did have that feeling like if I just screamed like loud as I could or something like you know would he hear that probably like right. would that probably in like the you would have had to pick the right mo- like it would have to be a free throw basically yep, probably exactly. but you yeah. could have you could have made that work could we could I ask you one sport because I wanted to kind of reminisce about something and ask you a non-sports related okay question, let's do, do it yeah well because I, I was thinking like that's an interesting experience we had but I was thinking about an experience we had pre-COVID also that has been ringing in my mind as of late and just wanted to ask you something based off that but this because it wasn't like super like it wasn't like January 2020 but like when we went to we went to Chicago together in um, right. summer of 2019 which was, was it like, was, a f- was uh, it August? Yeah, August. no, August. Uh, it might have been because I'm trying to think. I probably yeah, I had finished my so su- as I was finishing up my summer associate thing. They were like, "What are your plans?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm going to Chicago." So right. it was it was August. Um, but I was thinking about that trip, and I was thinking of it like as it w- I was reflecting on it recently and thinking of it as like a last vestige of like pre-COVID life, if it makes any sense, mm. because other stuff. Other stuff has had, like, I lived other life and, like, went to bars and shit like that after, but I was just think like, I was, I was thinking and posing to you, like, how you've been, do you feel like we've gone back to, I feel like the vibes are off to some extent, mm, like, okay. as I've been getting back into sort of, like, some sort of, because it even feels weird saying post-COVID normality or whatever, because it's still ongoing. Mm-hmm. Like, my roommate, who is vaccinated, got COVID a couple weeks ago. Like, it's clearly something that's going to continue to be in our lives for for the foreseeable future. Like, I feel like... I, and I'm wondering, is it just me as an... And I'm not worried about getting COVID or, like, turning this into some sort of political... I'm more just saying, like, when you go out to a bar or whatever, like, have some sort of experience like that, do you feel like it's as if COVID never happened? Well... Because I don't, and I'm wondering, I was reflecting on that Chicago trip being like, am I ever going to be in that? And it's not like I was happy. Like, I'm not saying, like, I'm afraid of getting COVID every time I go out to a bar. I guess what I'm saying is, like, I was expecting as, like, I got vaccinated and stuff that I was going to forget it ever happened. Like, I'm still in this feeling like I feel like we're cut, like, we're playing at what life was like before COVID mm-hmm. as a fe- as as opposed to feeling like life's gone back to normal. Right. And I guess some of that could be attributed. I still wear a mask when I go into the supermarket, like, or people are still wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, uh, yeah, but I, I don't I, know. 
I do think it's really one of those things that's never gonna yeah. go completely back. I I think there's just things that um, people will be more mindful of, like masks. In terms of, yeah. hey, if you're not feeling great, you're yeah. probably gonna take a, you're probably gonna wear a mask. Uh, or most, I I think a lot, a decent amount of people are. Um, I think if we're having this conversation with different people, there's obviously differing opinions. Of course. Um, but I, it's it is like one of those weird things because I think it's it's central to a lot of conversations now, um, in general. Like I w- I remember yesterday I was just kind of walking through Brooklyn with my dad, and uh, there's people with masks on, there's other people without masks. Sure. On. And it wasn't like I wasn't like oh the people without masks on are like they should be wearing a mask per per se, but. At the same time, I think it's just become so part of the norm where if you're entering a store nowadays, you're probably wearing a mask. Yeah. Um, at least in this area, in, in the New Jersey, New York sure. uh, area. In our just, liberal bubbles. Right, right. So so it's like pretty pretty commonplace there. Yeah. So it, in some ways, like I've kind of... It it's hard to e- it's hard to even fathom going back to a place that yeah. doesn't have this virus because it's so pervasive yeah. throughout our like throughout our lives in terms of what like restaurants like they're just che- checking vaccine cards like yeah if you if you got vaccinated if you want to eat indoors at in New York um like are you wearing a mask all these types of things. And I don't know if we'll ever have that peace of mind of, hey, like, I'm going to just, like, kind of go out to a bar. Like, not that I haven't gone out to the bar and, like, drank and, sure. you know, like, had fun with yeah, friends. No, and I, the, like, yeah, and I'm not saying I'm afraid to do right, that right. in any sense. Right, right. But I, I keep getting hit with this feeling that something feels different about it, I guess. Right. I think it's one of those things where, like, maybe in the moment you're like, oh, okay, feels somewhat, somewhat back to of normal. Course. It's usually in hindsight. Right. I but and then interrupt you. But, but then, but in right, in hindsight, it's like, oh, did you hear so-and-so, like, got had a covid scare yeah. or something like that yeah. and you're like oh shoot we're yeah. not really out of the woods yeah um in terms of this yes. yet. um so i think that's like i think that's kind of the the one of those things that i've thought about and just it's it's like another thing just to think about on top of all the other things that you have to worry about yeah. once you're out of the house like yeah. you're like it's like keys, wallet, phone. All right, do I have a mask? Yeah, I mean, I went through about a two-week. I basically went. I'll I'll just be frank. I basically went through about a two-week period. Like, like I felt like we had a like there was a sort of pre-Delta becoming a thing. Like there was two weeks when I left with that. Like I just didn't carry a mask with me, uh-huh. and now I'm in that. Like, yeah, I keep like I don't wear it while I'm outdoors, but like if I pop into the liquor store, I'll wear it or whatever. Right, right. I th- I do think there was like that period. All right, we're out of the woods. Like yeah, we're, we're feeling good. Like especially in New Jersey, like it was yeah. like it felt like yeah, you didn't have to wear a mask indoors and yeah. things like that. So it I mean, fine, when I I it's very funny. I was in um Philadelphia with my brother a couple weeks ago, um and literally the day we got there, their city they had re-implemented a mask mandate. Mm. So like it was back to that weird thing of like when I go into like pet shop, the bar I like to go to down the street now, like I don't need to do the formality of like having a mask on until I get to right. the, my seat or mm. whatever. But they had re-implemented that and it's just like an interesting Well you know, and and I think 
and you know this isn't to get political or anything yeah. like that but it's just like whenever you're traveling to different places every every state or every area has sure. different rules sure. and it's hard to keep, keep sure. track yeah like i remember walking into like some place in california when i was out there for a couple weeks uh recently and i had just kind of walked in without like without a mask yeah and everyone was just kind of like freaking out. <laughs> what are you doing yeah. like what is happening yeah and, and it's just i think that mindset of like oh okay that's like what their normal is in comparison yeah. to what i other guess and yeah are. i think you're right and i guess at the end of the day you're locking on to like a lot of what i'm considering is sort of like behavioral like if it makes any sense it's not about like the thing itself as much as the aesthetics of the thing be like it feels a little bit uncanny or something like that but you know maybe that's like as time goes on or whatever that will be no you know what i mean that'll be nor but when i i was thinking of chicago it just like was funny to think of like that as like a pre you know what i mean a time where none of that was was like nothing or whatever not even in our minds at all exactly it is pretty like it, it is pretty interesting to think back to certain moments like that. Yeah, and you're like because oh, didn't and, have to think about. Yeah, and like because also like when we were just like sitting in our houses, or like when you had to go to a bar and like sit at a table and like you know what I mean, and wear a mask and getting up to the go to the bathroom, and it just sucked. I looked at those days wistfully, but like uh, you know what I mean, you could that, it had a more romantic, but ostensibly we're back, but it's not exactly the same, and there's something weird about that. But we don't have to. Uh, I don't know how to gr- peaceful peace. Well, to pivot, to pivot gracefully away. Well, I don't think something else. I don't think we're gonna be able to because, like, I one of the things that I just wanted no, to go ahead. talk about, yeah, was in terms of, and, and this is to kind of like get back into our, like our sports conversation. In terms of like this, like with the NFL coming back, yeah, like it seems like they're gonna kind of be implementing like a. All fans are allowed. Like it's outdoors. I, I sure. think. In I think some certain. States. I think the state can do whatever they want. Like I think certain states will possibly force you to show a vaccine card or right, test right. negative. It seems like the new normal is going to be like vaccine or test negative, and they're going to rely on it being so annoying to get a test or onerous right. enough that people would just rather get vaccinated. vaccinated. I mean, as a quick aside, mm. I I don't think this is a political, I'm not meaning, I'm meaning this just as like a, my view on the world thing. Yeah. Like, I think that's, what's going to happen candidly with like workplaces too. Mm. Like, I think, I think it's going to widespread vaccination in this country will come from like, basically cap you know what i mean like businesses having it be in their best interest to say either you're vaccinated or you can't participate in society and therefore people will just get vaccinated because well, it's e- easier but s- it's putting that ap- apart that I, I on the stadium thing well i, I th- agree with well you. i think it was really interesting that because i was kind of going there um was like the whole urban meyer thing was like I don't know if you heard about it. Oh, but yeah, like, like he said something like we factored vaccination in, right, in right. like our final cuts or something. Yeah, exactly. And then NFLPA gets involved. Yeah. And is this like a labor issue in terms of figuring out whether or not va- getting vaccinated like has some type of role in like whether or not you can work in, in certain places? Sure. Um, I mean, tough lesson for Urban Meyer. Maybe just like kind of 
be like, hey, they weren't good enough. Or no, maybe. Like yeah. But when you think about it, it's a weird, and I'm not reflecting positively or negatively or even about the legal status, and this is what's going to happen in workplaces across America, too. They're making some sort of judgment, probably, of like, even though we now know vaccinated people can spread COVID, so True. I don't know. But like, if you're choosing between shitty wide receiver number eight and shitty wide receiver number nine, and one has the potential to cause you to have to forfeit a game because you your team outbreaks, you're gets probably an outbreak taking number COVID. nine then. At yeah, that or point. like, yeah. yeah. So I don't, you know, it's it's in. But no, that is a that is a valid that no. And you're right. It, what what what's the point to saying that? Right, right. But there's also stuff like Cole Beasley and like these outspoken anti-vax athletes, sort of just like. I don't know. It poses an interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it just poses an interesting. No, I guess. Yeah, and it's I another th- way this thing's shadow is just gonna loom over shit. Right, and obviously, I think for the people that are listening, uh, f- I think like me and Andrew have texted a lot over over uh, COVID and things like that, but we haven't had a real like conversation at all in terms of. R- in terms of in person talking about sports no, issues, no, at not all. at all. So what I really wanted to do, yeah, um, kind of to transition is, were there anything? Was there anything over the past? I don't know, however long that we've been apart, that's kind of caught your eye sports wise in terms of issues that we've, yeah, just broad shit. Broad, yeah, exactly, broad stuff that. Like other than maybe the COVID stuff, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I because yeah, I think we've kind of yeah we've, we've, we've done our we, time we've on done, that. we've done our time <laughs> on it, but like we've we've talked about certain things, but we haven't yeah we haven't like in person yeah. been able to go somewhat deep on certain yeah like okay like I have a things. I have a good I have a good one to talk about and we'll set aside Damian Lillard. Okay, not because real trade request for the time <laughs> being. Because that is definitely going to happen. It's not. We cannot launch into that immediately, and we have to be mindful of of time. But let's save that for the. Let's save that for near the end. I've been th- uh, a thing. I was thinking a lot. I mean, we generally. F- I mean, first, and I'm very excited for the NFL to come back and like more than usual. I think, but uh, on the NBA, which is generally our sort of topic of of choice, a thing. I wanted to talk about with you, albeit somewhat belatedly, is like the place of Giannis Atenacumpo in the NBA now. Yeah, like his position as uh, a superstar and like a quote-unquote face of the league is sort of fascinating to me because me and you uh, talked about you and I both had the interesting the Bucks played the Suns in the NBA Finals to to be clear in what was sort of an un. Uh, certainly one of the more it's basically you have to go back to I think like Heat Mavs and like was that 07 or something like that 06 yeah yeah 06 when you and people now associate the Heat with being but like at the time they were sort of both like upstarts I believe like they were only 24 yeah like I think that was the that was like the lowest seeding pairing in a finals before Mm -hmm. uh Buck Suns um and you know your Brooklyn Nets, unfortunately, did not did not quite do it what yeah. was expected. But maybe we can we can tie we can dump our personal stuff at the end. But a thing I thought was interesting. I'm doing my classic roundabout way of getting to a main point. I love the ra- I've, <laughs> I've missed the roundabout <laughs> points. Thank you. Uh, I'd like I really love listening to to myself talk. But um, I think what that was interesting was most of the people in my life. I think you and I were both rooting for the Bucks, which definitely. We, but that was not. 
popular, I felt like. And I thought that was sort of fascinating. to me. Yeah, because Chris Paul, to me, I like Chris Paul, like, as a... But, like, I never saw him, to be frank, as, like, a very lovable guy. You know what I mean? He kind of had this... Uh, th- he's a sort of underappreciated workmanlike and somewhat temperamental basketball player who had un- underachieved to that point and is in State Farm commercials, basically. <laughs> Whereas Jan, like, and Devin Booker is like cool, but like, uh, not like a. Do we miss the boat on Devin he, Booker? Yeah, we did. We definitely did. And I don't know. I feel like we missed the whiplash from like him being sort of like overrated to being like actually really good and like I think this season it would have been if we had been talking more and podcasting more maybe we would have gotten there but but yeah but like he's like an NBA Twitter like you know what a guy like you know what I mean like he's a guy you'll see in he I associated with like guys you see in Woe just mentioned saying like LeBron is trash or something you know what I mean like I associate him with a sort of like NBA fans, like, guy who, you know, I don't know how well, to explain well, it. So but, like, I, he's yeah. not, like, a broad superstar or a particularly mm. fun personality. Like, he plays the game in an in- interesting way. Let me finish my rounds right. about and then you can take off, whatever. But, so, I was like, why aren't people, like, Giannis Antetokounmpo is, like, one of the league's biggest stars and, like... Like, why it seems like the Bucks should... And they're... Like, I get the underdog aspect of the Suns, but the Bucks weren't, like... They had been prior, and I think that we slightly underrated them in our own calculus. Like, I wonder if we had done a playoff preview pod, maybe we would have, like, had talked it out and started to think of the Bucks as being undervalued. But, like, they were not a juggernaut, to put it mildly. I'm going to get to my point now. After... The Bucks won, though. I feel like there was this sort of hindsight looking, like of like, oh, Giannis is actually like really cool. <laughs> like he's really genuine. Like you know what I mean. Like he's fun. Like he's really funny. Like he seems he's outgoing, but not in like a at, not that being cocky as an athlete is a bad thing. But like he's not like a Kevin Durant. Fit. You know what I no, mean. No. Like he's a pretty lovable seeming guy who also is really good at basketball and like has all of those hard workman like things generally appreciate uh, right about athletes so i wonder if going forward he's going to assume that position or if he's going to go back to sort of the weird b team like 1a tier status he mm. had i so mean go ahead well, on all of that it, it's just weird for so i'll take the Giannis point first then i'll go to devin booker yeah. so Giannis, like it's weird for people to think of him in that way with him being two-time MVP. Yes, correct. Now NBA champion. Like, in terms of all-time lists, like, he's going to be up there somewhere at, at a certain point. Like, I don't really know where he's going to end up, but yeah. it's only probably going to be somewhere close to top what? I Could don't know. I think we have to wait and see right. other championships. But, like, uh, you put him in that, like, Dirk range, I, right, right. which is what, like, 15-ish yeah, or something like that? Yeah, 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 around there. So, with all of that being said, I think people I, – I don't know. Like, some of the people that I've talked to, have it's it's been a lot of, oh, Giannis won one, but that's probably the last one he'll, he'll ever win. Yeah. And it's – like, if the over-under for the rest of his career is half a championship, are you taking the under there, or are you taking no, the No, I'm taking over? the over, but with the idea that, like, I'm still not completely 
and uh, but for the record, I'd love for him to stay in Milwaukee forever. But I'm not under. Let's pretend even it doesn't involve him being in Milwaukee. I feel like he will be on something more of a traditional super team at some point in okay. his career, and that's why I would take the over. Got probably. it. Got it. But um, no, yeah. So so with that, it's like it was just interesting to see the narrative of ha- of what he went through throughout the playoffs. Um, I liked. I've always liked him. Like. And even when he was playing my Nets, I was kind of like, oh, it's okay. like usually I'd be upset at the team that beat the Nets uh, to to go on to the Eastern Conference final. Like I would have been upset. But at the same time, I was like, oh, Giannis is a good dude. Like, yeah. I, I like him. Yeah, he's funny. Like, yeah. If you see his tweets like that came up from like five years ago when he first was yes like, like it's when like he was just like a goofy right right a Greek 18, kid moving yeah, yeah, to it's like the U S I've had a smoothie for the first yeah. time it's amazing yeah. I love the U S like it was yeah. just so wholesome yeah uh, so like how could you not like a guy like that and then the way he played in the finals was just on yes. like I think people were kind of like oh he put up fifty and fifteen <laughs> yeah. or whatever and then they're like. Yeah, but that's... Could I make a quick pin in that? And then I'll let you talk about whatever else you wanted to in that. But I think uh, one point I think is like... He probably has this, at least to like the the cat knows something, but is still fairly casual fan of the NBA. And I'll admit falling victim to this idea. I think there was this idea that he's not a particularly dyna- not dynamic is actually the worst word to use, but not a particularly exciting player to watch mm. because like he's not like Steph Curry. He's just like super duper athletic, but who like it's like. Shaquille O'Neal or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, right. it was different because of the style of game, but it's like sort of akin in that way, where it's just like watching someone like dunk it a lot and like overpower people mm. brutally isn't as fun well, as watching someone, you know, like do what LeBron does in all his sort of different facets or whatever. But what I think I realized watching the finals is he's so much more than that. Right. He's exhilarating to watch, especially on the defense. I think the defensive end of the floor, that famous block of eight and like his, some of Unreal. that defensive effort, like was like some of the most compelling individual basketball. I've, I mean, his last game of the finals was like, I tweeted about this at the time, but like should be underrated in the pantheon of like greatest sports performances ever so one of the things that i did kind of want to say in in relation to that and i think it's interesting that you brought up Shaq's name and kind of bolsters the point that i wanted to make was is it is it that we're looking at how amazing and how god how much god-given talent it seems like he's been given that people almost expect more out of what he has kind of shown just because sure he misses like free throws correct and like people are like correct like the the guy that shoots 90 percent and is a white dude at in and and is a four-year starter in the ncaa can make his free throws yeah but doesn't have like the but doesn't have the god-given talent that someone like a Giannis has or a Shaq has yeah and it's like if they can get even just a little bit more like of that production like they can be even greater so maybe people kind of look at them as like eh, like he's amazing but if he did this then he would be even better or even greater so i think that's like part maybe a little bit of that aspect of it yeah it kind of plays into it and then the other thing i wanted to talk about was booker 
And Bob- Can I say one quick thing about go Giannis ahead. before go we go ahead. on? Because I just wanted to tie it back to your point about the over-under of championships. I think that was an extremely good point. And, like, the deficiencies in his game are so obvious to even the casual viewer. You know what I mean? Whereas someone like Kevin Durant or whatever, like, does he have weaknesses in his game or whatever? Like, I'm sure he does, but there you would need to be nitpicking, whereas Giannis, it's like... Easier to underrate, whereas in reality, you should probably, you could have deficiencies, but be so good at the other things that you, like Shaq was, that it doesn't matter, and that's really how you should judge people at the end of the day. But just a real quick say about the, we don't have to do a boring, like, what if Giannis actually learned how to shoot threes? But, like, in terms of the championship shit... And his place, who's to say, he's 26, that's what I was looking at my phone, who's to say there isn't a phase two where he's even better than he is now? Which is kind of unreal to even think about. So I've been been keeping you from going to Booker, so So what what did you want to say about about Booker? Booker point. Yeah. The reason why, I I feel like the reason why I asked if we missed on him was because we were kind of like, Devin Booker, he's that guy that shoots threes like I think the narrative on him was he scores a lot like on a bad team he hasn't shown it in the first whatever like first portion of his career yeah until Chris Paul gets there and Chris Paul basically changes the whole uh trajectory of where this team can go and one of the things that I find interesting like yeah like maybe he's not a world like I don't know I don't think people would be like oh I know who Devin Booker is I mean, he's dating a Kardashian. Sure. Like, I I have a feeling with like maybe kids a l- little younger, like maybe like yeah, ten years younger, like they might know who Devin Booker is just through Pika Kardashian. Maybe it'd that, be interesting that, to like text my little sister and be like, "Do you know who Devin Booker right, is?" Right, right. Because I of think that, she would say yes because of that connection. Yeah. So like. I, I do But if fe- I said like do you know who Jason Tatum is? I don't know no, if you yeah, would know. I, I have a feeling probably not. So I, I feel like with that, like he's kind of one of those people that doesn't it's like hard to kind of know like what type of personality he has. Yeah, like, that's true. Like I, I don't know if it's like That's true. Not, I, I wonder if it's because of a lack of exposure, things like that. Yeah. But it's just more like to me he's like on the suns and he's He's dating one of the yeah. Grand. Like that's no, I get kind what you're of saying. how I think. And I of think it. it's funny that you mentioned that because I think that was I do think he has a select legion of super fans, and I think that he exudes this sort of Kobe blank workman like scoring mentality right. that endears him to a certain crop of people. But that makes sense. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, at this point going forward, Devin Booker is like a, probably like a fringe All NBA third team type talent. So mm-hmm. like you know what it. And I think the question will be interesting. And I think you and I, you raised a good point in like the winning basketball thing. I I think that you and I for like. NBA nerds, basically, which I would qualify like low level NBA nerds. Like we're not like looking up analytics on our right, own right. time, but like you know, are are fairly knowledgeable. Like I do think one aspect in that we hew more traditionalist, mm-hmm. and I think it might even come from like me being a Blazer fan and you rooting, enjoying those Kenny Atkinson eighths. Yeah, (laughs) like I think you and I do value like winning basketball and sort of the mid rungs of, you know what I mean? Yeah, the mid rungs of the NBA good but not Mm -hmm. great teams, and the fact that he was on such a underachieving team probably did did Mm -hmm. um. Yeah, uh, no, I I totally agree with that. I think that's like one of the things that you 
you and I both are, fi- we, we both value those things as, hey, that's an important part of what we like to see in a player and, and whether or not they contribute to that. Whereas I think with, I think with other people, they kind of look at basketball and strangely other sports as like, I'm a fan of that dude, just like that. Yes. Like I'm a LeBron Correct. guy, or I'm yeah, we you know a, I'm a Giannis guy. Sure. Well, I don't I don't really know as I think those people exist and are probably a little bit younger than us. Right, right. So they like follow players and yeah. not teams, which is I mean still an interesting concept to sure. me. But that that I have multiple LeBron. That, do you right. have any friends who are like I, I LeBron do, fans? I do have LeBron. I have, I have, a I, I do LeBron have fan friends that friends. are LeBron fans, and it just completely diverges from what a traditional sports fan actually sure. is. Like you follow, you know, I was taught to follow the team and sure. not the player. So that I think that aspect of things kind of, um, especially with the way guys are branding themselves and. You know, on, on Facebook, or, I mean, Facebook sounds really <laughs> old. Like, yes, the tw- way like <laughs> their MySpace pages are are crazy. But like Twitter and Instagram, sure. You know, the way they brand themselves kind of outlines, "Hey, follow me," and not this team yeah. specifically. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. No, that makes sense. So I think we covered the finals. Like, sure. In terms of what like, else is on your mind, bud? Um. Free agency. Okay. Like, was there a move that oh, was? Oh fuck! Like, I, I I mean I'm yeah, kind of no, putting I, you on yeah, the spot spot here, and there wasn't much that. I mean, there was a, l- a good amount that happened, but I like to me, my mind just goes to well, like yeah, go the ahead. Lakers, but yeah, because yeah, that's we can, like, let's do the Lakers talk because like, do we really not to be like? I was just like, what are the big moves like? Do we who and I don't just thinking of what who what anyone might want to listen to like is us debate we both probably agree like the Kyle Lowry move is like not going to yeah. move the needle for yep. the Heat like it's a good, mo- good like, move it's fine good for move. them to make yeah. but like is it really do we need to cash that like I feel like you and I probably feel pretty similarly and at this point that's not doing useful analysis yeah let's talk about let's talk about the Lakers shit because we did talk about it early on and I thought it was interesting like and I'm not trying to throw you under the bus but I feel like you kind of had an opinion and I gave you my opinion and you were like actually sort like we had an interesting sort of differing gut reaction which but usually I think doesn't kind happen of, no we're usually on the same page but I feel like we kind of and I think I've come to maybe more of a middle ground as they've fleshed out their roster too so to set the scene uh, we're basically talking about the Lakers trading for Russell Westbrook and filling out their roster with like a gamut of like I think most people would say like better than anticipated for what their cap situation was role players everyone from you know Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk to Carmelo Anthony um so with all that being said what how are you sort of feeling about things as we're sort of settling in to the NBA dead zone period well I feel like you know when I when I was thinking about the Lakers now it's it's like it's such an interesting rock. Like yeah. they're just picking up. It all is one of the like more Deont- idiosyncratic rosters it's like, in the NBA. All right, let's yeah. get like all these guys from this generation of like sure. players and see if we can like band together <laughs> and, and grab. Yeah, a it chip, is funny. It's like of. it's like not quite banana boat like the old right, right. picture of Wade and and Paul. It's like 
the dinghy being pulled behind the <laughs> banana boat kind of but thing. It, and you're right. That is fascinating. And I'm, I'll let you yeah. keep talking. But Westbrook is sort of like, when you consider that, like, the almost, even though he's younger than those guys, is kind of the ultimate, like, in that. Like, he is that without being old, if that makes right. any sense. No, so he, that is sort he's, of fascinating. He's kind of like in that mold of of he he's that traditionalist type of guy yes, like correct. oh i'm going to work hard correct. and like you know kind of you know go on the grind and yeah, not and really like, not really care too much about his branding sure. and like all the new age social media sure. type of stuff but he's just like yeah i'm a player and like i don't care if i shoot 20% well, yes, from 3 well, and exactly. things like that like exactly. i'm going to i like i'm i'm getting points i'm getting rebounds i'm getting this, like yep. that's what he's about and not the whole analytics thing of like let's space out the floor fit wise i am (laughs) i don't know if it's gonna work like i mean they're all really talented but yeah like just the nba analytics nerd side of me is kind of like how is this spacing yes correct like how is this work correct but like initially like i think it's hard because i do like as that NBA traditionalist in some ways, like I do value some of the Correct. things that Westbrook I does, first, and I'm kind of like a fan. Because I was going to say, I think people will be slightly surprised, like if we're like the amount of skepticism we're showing, like because I think your average NBA fan, and I think this was your, and I'm not saying like I had the smart reaction and you had the dumb reaction, but I think, and I saw Zach Lowe outline this, like I think the average NBA fan is like they're two really good players who just got another really good player, and I think that's. What you yeah. like you had that gut pop that reaction was, right, right, too of exactly. like they had just added another really good player to two of the top five players in the NBA or you know top seven two incredibly elite talents so right, right. I think people might actually like sort of wonder like what are you talking about exactly mm-hmm. um, but just to sort of address that question you just posed like what I think I've settled on like is like I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference in the regular Mm. season when they're going to be able to sort of overwhelm people with pure talent like a sort of thing about Westbrook that's important to note is like his strengths and like you, based on how you're outlining this, I think you're higher on Westbrook than I am. Like well, I, yeah. I, I've always been a little bit of a Westbrook hater in the way, like I didn't think he should have won the NBA and MVP I, and his triple double so, season right, right. and yeah. stuff like that. But um, and I think the version of what he does is a little bit more prized than and gives him the occasional illusion of being really this type of player that I think he is and always like the defensive side of the ball will be an interesting point of things. Mm-hmm. He's not really known as being a particular good, good, good defender, but sometimes does this showy, you know, posting what being really active on post defense sort of type thing that gives the illusion that he's a good defender. Setting all of that aside, like, and also the thing I was going to point out is like Westbrook's gift. I would greatest gift at this point in his career, I would say is to be like an innings eater. Meaning, like, right. his uh, thing is, if you give him the ball, he will, despite his inib- his deficiencies, like, produce much higher than expected median outcomes on any given possession uh-huh. to be worth, like, to d- act nerdy about right, it. Right, right. 
But you know who also does those things if you give them the ball on any good given possession? LeBron James and also Anthony Davis. So, like, what are you really adding in that respect? Now, like I said, in the regular season, I don't think it matters. I To argue against myself, perhaps you allow LeBron and AD, who have both had varying levels of health things as their careers all throughout their careers in the case of Davis or as their careers have gone on in the case of LeBron, perhaps you allow them to carry a lighter load and stuff like that. I think that's the hedge. Yes. Like, uh, I, yes. Think that's the, I think that was the rationale from the And Lakers. I think all of that evens itself out in, in, in a sense. I just think the, the rubber will hit the road when you get to like Western Conference second round versus Utah end of the fourth quarter. Who's taking your the shot? Fourth, what, not even who's taking the shot, but like, how do you construct a coherent offense at w- in th- those kind of situations where you're not just like putting Russell Westbrook in the corner and him not being guarded because he right. can't shoot threes? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, um, history has generally proven that like the optimal way. I said opt. I, sometimes my brain does that where I use a word I don't use a lot and then goes to it again. Right? I mean, but the best way to use LeBron the most, you know, um, <laughs> you, were oh you going to use optimal? No, I was trying to think of another <laughs> word and then just completely blanked. The highest functioning way version of LeBron is LeBron surrounded by shooters, right? And he has shown, like, when you want to, when you want to, like, factor into the le- le GM of it all, he has shown a weird hesitancy to, like, embrace that. Like, he wants other playmakers on the floor with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you can kind of compare that in a way to Davis's sort of I'm not a center posturing that he seems to adopt at various times. Well, so right. wh- I, when you combine those things, I don't think the AD shit matters as much because I think at the end it, w- you start a center alongside him and then pull he-, he plays for you know six minutes at the beginning of the mm-hmm. first and third. That's fine. But the but the Westbrook thing it just poses a way more difficult to solve question that I think people don't realize as much like that the talent raw talent doesn't matter in the most crucial situations right and I, and I think the I think you gave like that perfect like cross ref uh, cross sport like analogy of him being an innings eater of like yeah like you're lightening the load for LeBron and and I think that's what Lakers management kind of saw this past year of like LeBron gets dinged up. AD gets yep. dinged up. They get knocked out of the first round yep. because they're not healthy. Yeah. And it's one of those things that, okay, when we bring Westbrook back on or uh, br- bring him in, he's going to be that guy that, hey, LeBron, you're sitting out tonight. Yeah. Westbrook and the AD, they're going to kind of play yep. and they could still win like pretty much any game sure. in the league yeah. um, on any given night. But. Yeah, I think the question. I think my my excitement for the trade being kind of like that Westbrook fan or whatever. Yeah, has temp has been tempered by trying to figure out how this works in the playoffs. And I think you correctly outlined how that ultimately works. Where you know last couple possessions, let's say against Utah, he's in the corner not being guarded and ultimately remains ineffective at that point. And I think and I think it becomes hard because over the season he's probably going to build enough equity where he's like I carried this yeah. freaking team when LeBron and AD probably are sitting yeah. out and like I'm not going to be given the chance to like, you know, 
at least contribute in some type of way. Yeah. Um, in some type of meaningful way at the end of a game. And I think that's where with Westbrook, that's the tough conversation to have with someone like him because of the whatever you want to call it, the internal makeup of what he ends up doing of all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this team, I'm gonna do this, like all the things that he did in Washington when Bradley Beal is probably the guy you want with the ball in his yeah. hands. Like that type of like mentality of it's not and it's not that he's he's a bad player. It's just understanding what that role is. And this kind of even dates back to what happened with between him and KD in OKC. Of course. In some ways. And that type of thing. Yeah. So like and and ultimately the function of him, like everyone knows this now now with him is he functions just better with the ball in his hands. Yes. But the problem is when there's other players that are better than him with the ball in their hands and he almost provides a negative being off ball, it's going to be really hard for him to be on the court with those better players for them to function together. Yeah. And I think the two things, I I think the two things, like if you're a Laker fan – because I think the situation you outlined was extremely sharp, like that idea of, and it, it sort of is going to transition. I think the key, if you're um, Frank Vogel or whoever, like the thing you want to do throughout the regular season is, is sort of two things. One, you want to see if you're capable of getting him to function, to find some function of him as an off-ball, like the thing people always lean towards. And I'm fully cribbing like other NBA podcasts I've listened to. is like the idea that he can be a cutter maybe or something like mm-hmm. that. And that's how he could use his athleticism or, or some other way. Uh, and that sort of remains to be seen. But I think the two things you want to do is, one, develop him, or at least like if that's not possible for him to... You don't wa- you want to avoid that situation like you're talking. You don't want to just use him in the ways he wants to be used, sort of, and, mm. and then you get to the playoffs and he's basically a, a negative. And I think the other thing you want to do, uh, if you're the Lakers over the course of the next regular season, is sort of... Figure out who those other two guys are that best complements them in that sort of situation they outlined. Because generally, on any given night, you're going to be able to plug in your Taylor Horton Tucker or your Mello or whoever, and it's going to probably be fine. But you, when it comes down to it in those playoffs, like a guy like Contavious Caldwell Pope was like really, really good. For, like they don't have, despite their like sort of going. Like I think the signing of Kendrick Nunn was one of the best signings of the off season. Like you all together, him. yes, I I did. Like like I, despite them having made really good signings, like they lack those like guys in that. Like they don't have a guy who's like as like clear cut of like I should they should be in the closing lineup as a KCP and to figuring out who those other two guys are. I think is is going to be the key. No, uh, I I mean uh, or I think I think ultimately you're you know trying to figure that out is right like you know ultimately how do you figure out the the playoff rotation and who ends up starting uh filling out those next two spots maybe two and a half because like Westbrook is probably like it's going to be like on all talk radio and sports shows and things like that of if he doesn't like close out games, yeah. Things like I that. mean that, yeah. That, like, that, that would, that's probably. I don't think it. that would happen until the playoffs, but right, yeah, right. if you reach so, that point, right, it exactly. would be pretty. So we're at we're fifty five minutes yes. in. 
I wanted to close, obviously, with, with the Dame stuff. Yeah, with like we have to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, no, just it's intre- it's a kind of a shame. Like it's sort of in the rear view now. What lay it out, lay it all out, and then I'll just okay, I'll so just go. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, there's a lot of. I, I don't even know if it's rumors, but like speculation. Well, it this started with Henry Abbott of True Hoop, who is sort who is of that like that guy uh, again. He who is that? <laughs> We're gonna listen to Henry. No, I'm just kidding. But people should res- Henry Abbott. Listen, man. I as someone who this was all fueled by basically an incorrect thing he recorded. He I'll put some put some respect on Henry Abbott's name. He is like a legitimate basketball reporter. He's just not known for breaking news, which is why I always say, when I said when it come out. Like until I hear Woj or Shams, like I'm not, I'm not buying this. Right, but and and, I and just and, you. and just to be just to be clear on that, that was a riff on what Cantor yeah. was kind of putting. Oh, uh, Nurkic. Nurkic. Yes, Nurkic loves to get Nurk- spicy right. on Nurkic Twitter, getting his and it doesn't always work, right. but it, it sometimes is right. funny. So it, it was a riff on what Nurkic ended up tweeting out. Um, so, in but I want yeah, that, that was report. funny. I wanted to clarify. It was more a guy reported that Damian Lillard was going to request a trade. Basically. Right. So. That so that was the basis of all these rumors coming out. Oh, does Dame actually want to trade? Did he ask for it already? Um, he was kind of sending Portland, the Portland fan base, into this like his. There well, yes, because we ha- well, yes. I mean, we also this all coincided with a horrifically botched coaching search. That yeah. in which and the two front runners who emerge were both accused. Well. J- Jason Kidd is a bona f- is a is a bona fide bad person basically, <laughs> and Chauncey Billups who has some I don't want to put it even in a he has accusations leveled against him. Let's not go into sort of the nuance or right, validity right. Uh, validity right. So of it. it but all of it was steep. There that. was the idea, and there was some um, leveling by uh, supposedly by elements of the fan base of accusations at him being like sort of like why. Are you supporting these guys mm-hmm. having like these things about them or whatever, which supposedly bothered? No, that and that was a that was there was a Chris Haynes report saying like he, that pissed him off basically and like was possibly leading him to reconsider his future with the team or something. Right, like. and so I, I wanted to add that. Right, I'm and sorry. I, th- I think a lot of that there was a lot of. You know, Stotts ends up getting fired, or like, or I don't know the official. They mutually language. part they mu- ways, right, or something. Mutually agreed. To he got. Not, he definitely right. got fired. So, yeah. Stotts ends up leaving, and he had been with Dame for for a long time. Correct. So, it was this important juncture of trying to figure out who's this guy that's gonna ultimately try to lead this team. Um, yeah. And basically, and basically be the be buddy buddy with Dame and and hopefully get him on to to their side buy into the plan and figure out where this Portland team is going to be going three and words larry nance <laughs> junior <laughs> and i t- and believe me i texted andrew as soon as that news came out what do you think about <laughs> this guy but it really i i think with the co- with the coaching yeah. search and then with the report from Henry Abbott that comes out about yeah. Dame, what, how do you feel? Like, how, yeah. like, first of all, how are you feeling about this? Sure. Um, as a Blazers fan. Second of all, do you feel like they can 
honestly do anything more to convince Dane to be staying other than I, I, I don't really know. Like, yeah. I don't really have an answer. No. And um, I, I don't really think I do either. But and I'm not even sure the. I, I'm not even sure Blazers management. No, has, I don't think has, they have an answer. Like a, and a it's possible answer. because there is no, no. real answer, right. you know. Um, but like I'll sort of take things in turn. After the Blazers lost in the first round to the Nuggets, which we really didn't talk about, like none of this stuff we talked about on a podcast. But the Blazers lost against a shorthanded Nuggets team in the first round. Incredible uh, games, by yeah, the way. Great games. I mean, the most notable game, basically the game. It wasn't the closeout game, game but the five, I, yeah I game think. the most pivotal game in the series. Damian Lillard put on another and 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 they should have in won that what game. is a career uh, career filled with incredible clutch performances, arguably his most clutchest. And like what the the one time like when you think about it, and I had um a lot of like I really tried to have a lot of like post whatever clarity about this because this never has happened in the history of Damian Lillard big playoff games the rest of the team completely failed to help him out at all cannot put the Robert Covington I mean Robert Covington going up for a dunk for no reason tried to like posterize people and checking it off the back of the rim will like haunt my nightmares CJ McCollum stepping on the on the on the out of bounds line Kevin's like literally holding his face in his hand he's as having gotten a taste like I've adopted well I adopted them as my second team basically because they're in the western conference they don't really have to compete with the the nets yes. at all so th- i was basically living and dying by on that game and i'm just i'm texting andrew like one of the crazy portland fans and he's yeah. he was trying to like basically walk me off like yes wa- like yes. He, it was reverse honestly like it felt like <laughs> i was i was a bigger fan in that but moment the but. reason is the, the the sort of i was saying that to say that like the blazers have sort of been here before like and i felt like they had we had gone on a long walk back to where they were after they got swept against the the Pelicans a few years back, right, basically, right. where there were these renewed. At the time, it was more function. It was more centered around the question of like, are Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum like a a functional backcourt that can win mm-hmm. you playoff series and stuff like that? And that may ultimately still be the question, even though the focus has shifted somewhat. Um, but having been there before and seeing what happened, like I was confident, confident, but not uh, confident, but not optimistic doesn't seem right. But like at, to the extent that makes sense, that's how, what I was feeling was like that we've been here. Like it didn't feel like uncharted charted waters. Mm. The Henry Abbott report did feel like uncharted waters that for a brief did. moment. Um, and that was like legitimately scary, but it seems like we've sort of, it doesn't seem like there's any lingering idea that a trade request is imminent. And it seems like the, the view of things from all involved parties is like, let's start the season and see where it goes. Like in terms of the question of like what they can do, I mean, we haven't brought up Ben Simmons's name on this podcast yet. We probably don't have time for like a detailed Ben Simmons discussion, but Ben Simmons possible like he's like he's I think that is the best right. That is the best answer I can come up with with what they can do, and right. it's not even a particularly great answer. Like Ben Simmons is a deeply flawed, like is a deeply flawed player, mm-hmm. like who you know by no means elevates the Blazers in terms. Like he doesn't make them a Western Conference contender. He just gives them a new. They stay at roughly the same space, but 
possibly their ceiling gets high, or we don't really right, right. know. That's that's um, that's kind of. But what other than that, I don't know what you can do though, because the other option is to like, like here are the ways the way I see it. One, do what they're doing already, which is basically like stands pat and um, stands kind of keep doing your same old bargain bin basement hunting, rotate all tinkering whatever, which isn't completely fair to say because the Covington trade I loved at the time. And like, if you replay that podcast, we're probably going like this might be the thing they did. Like the time they finally make it work. I think what this last season was, was showing that that wasn't true. Basically that it was just a more appealing reshuffling of the, of the deck Mm -hmm. chairs as it were. Uh, but they can do sort of the things they've done. You know, like Norman Powell was a nice addition. They were able to re-sign him, stuff like that. You can do that and hope he does... Hope sort of like what happened in the last... Um, you know, what happened in the last iteration of this. Like, things kind of find its level. Maybe they come out hot at the start of the season and, like, everyone kind of forgets about it. Part number two is like do a thing like the Ben Simmons thing, uh-huh. and like I think number three, the only other option is like the idea of like trading, doing a small teardown with Damian Lillard still on the team, and like that actually might arguably be their most um like their best, their best yeah. p- option at ever having a championship team that has Damian Lillard on it, short of like. Bradley Beal suddenly waking up and deciding he wants to play in Portland or something like that. But I don't know if there there's the idea from management or from him that like he would go along with a thing like that. So like the reason I mentioned that last point is just to sort of put it put into perspective what the options are and say none of them appeal appear to be particularly great. And like I would have liked to see the. Ch- I thought the chance for a change outside of those things came with changing who is at the top, be it Neil O'Shea, who should be fired, who should have been fired. Like I don't, not even because he does a particularly bad job, but just because like you got it's it's been it, a long time. Yeah, you got the chance, and like yeah. it's different. That's the way it works in sports, kind of. And I would have. I think there were more possibly inventive ideas at the top in terms even like I was in sort of what seemed to be a minority camp of like I would have liked to see them bring in a D'Antoni or someone like that because like just based on the it's kind of like of a piece with the idea of why you would trade for Simmons just the idea of like you need to do something that like shakes things up but in such a way that like you don't completely fall out of it right and like if it fails it fails but whatever um, so sort of with all those things, yeah, that my answer is there. No, there probably <laughs> yeah. isn't, is an appealing thing. Right, right. Like, but I have more optimism than the active, the average person, just purely in terms of Dame staying, setting aside how well the team will do. Like, I do have some optimism that things will sort of, that the chances of things sort of settling down are higher than people think. Because I also think people underrate Dame's candidness not i'm even going to just set aside loyalty down to earthness in a way like Mm. a very valid thing like he said was like i believe if he requested a trade he would say himself you would hear it from him first like that just it seems to have been the way he's operated Mm -hmm. over the years so i trust in his ability to keep a level head about things and i don't think he'll leave until he really feels like he has no other options well my thing 
and and this is the thing. Yeah, sure, the Lakers were hurt, all all this stuff, but like everyone looks at that. Like, can can everyone look at that Sun Suns team and just like say, yeah, sure, they they were probably definitively better than the Blazers roster last yeah. year. But it's not like if things didn't fall right for the Blazers last year, it there could have been. Yeah. Like it couldn't have. It could have been them in yeah. some ways. But you know why I think people. Uh, you can continue, but I think the people view, people view it differently because, like the Suns, everything went right for them, but they got there by making a move to get Chris Paul. Right. Whereas there's no comparable move that the Blazers have made. So mm-hmm. I think that would be that sort of the argument against that happening right. but that's always been the thing you're i agree with your point and so and, and i think and i think people have to understand with this portland team of having certain types of expectations and and all nba fans ha- and well I'll, I'll kind of spread this out to all sports fans all sports fans have certain expectations of their team sure. and like as one, I would say, as a logical sports fan in general, I would say I'm a Jets fan, yeah. and I'm not expecting the Jets to win the Super Bowl. I'm not even expecting them to make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm hoping they Zach Wilson has like some semblance of like yeah he can be a quarterback in this league, and I think they like a lot. There's a lot of sports fans that are delusional yeah. that are like we're gonna win win the Super sure. Bowl, and it's like one in an a million but i think there's a good amount of sports fans that can understand like oh this is what portland's doing like they're just kind of reshuffling the deck hoping certain things fall their way and they get that one chance that maybe um they make it to the finals like you know a couple years ago they made it to the western conference finals got swept but they were able to make it there yeah and we'll see you know certain things just kind of have to fall in their favor yeah that's just that I mean, that is luck, and it's not a great plan no. per se because it's not like they acquired the most amount of talent and and all that. But with a team with a team like Portland in the market that they're in, and with the players that are on the roster, like that's probably the most reasonable thing that you can expect for no, that type of. No, team. and I definitely agree, and I think this has overall been like a probably more rosy-eyed view than like most two men doing a sports podcast would have given on <laughs> exactly. this situation. But no, I just wanted to raise the. I just wanted to say, like though, that like what I think the Nugget series sort of exposed, and like the counter side to what you're saying is like no matter how rational you are in your expectations and how much you go like I'm just going to enjoy watching Dame play like the uh, hopefully they'll make it to the second round blah 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 like that nugget series like kind of showed that like and it was the first time they had lost a first round series and well they lost to the Lakers or whatever or I'm trying to go in the but the nugget series was sort of like that Con- the conclusion to that thing gets less satisfying over time, right. if that makes any sense. Yeah. And that sort of thrall, you know what I mean? And that, uh, and I think that emotional sort of thing for the players, for the fans, for management, for everyone, eventually starts to set in no matter what. So as totally makes sense. sort of to, to put a bow on it, seeing whether or not that sort of continues to 
play in or if it subsides, it will will be fascinating. And I will like to say that totally makes sense, but I guess I'm such a new Portland fan at this point that I haven't gone through the past failures like most Portland yeah, fans Yeah, that's true. Have. You got a pretty, like, and that's what I, the last few years have been pretty damn fun for, right, right. for the most so, part. So most Portland fans have, like, kind of experienced that where it's like, yeah. all right, this is, like, my first kind of go around yeah. on the bandwagon. I'm like, just run it back, guys. Yeah. Like, and yeah. it's like, it's like easy to say that when you haven't been, like, when I you haven't you. been there and you're no. kind of like that wide-eyed rookie that's like, like, makes it to the finals for their first year and you're like, Hey guys, why is everyone so sad? Like we're gonna be here yeah. next year, and it's like yeah. it just doesn't work like that in sports at all. So, with all that being said, I I don't want to put this on you, but okay, does Dame is is he? Are is you he, asking me for a prediction? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Is, is he, he on the team at is, the end of the year? Is he on the team? At, uh, trade deadline. Trade deadline. Yes. I think he's on the. Okay. I think if something happens, it'll be next off season. I okay. don't think there's go- unless they come out and massively underperform the bed. Yeah. yeah, like I, I, I don't think so. And I think even if they underperform, it it would take it would still take a lot. Like okay. it would have to be some sort of dire situation. Like sounds good. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm more next off season. The odds start to. I, I get a little bit more frightened, but like I, I would have shown more hesitation. But I can, I feel pr- fairly confident he'll be on the team after the trade deadline. Well, so all the listeners that are still listening, if you guys can find a sports book that has Dame odds still being on the team, oh, by I next wonder year, if there is odds for that. That would uh, be that you, would be pretty. You guys heard it here first from Andrew Ramondi. So should um, we? Yeah. So should, we, it, so should yeah. we cut this off, or do we do we need to give you five minutes in the interest of equal time? To no, just no, no. Say something about I don't the need Nets. to talk about the Nets. Um, we, I, I mean, I feel like being back talking yeah, about this sports, was fun. It's fun. Like we're, we can do it again. Yeah, hour thirteen in. Like it's hour not, thirteen. It's not like it's oh, I thought you on hour on the thirteenth. Uh, oh no, 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 <laughs> no. If there's one thing for us, and maybe it has to do with my roundabout talking, we can fill time talking. Like we do time fairly, fairly yeah. easily. I, I feel like honestly, like if we had like a twelve-hour challenge where we just had to talk, like we probably, could, I think we could. We probably yeah, could I think do we it. Could. So. Um, just want to thank everyone, uh, that, you know, is listening all the way until the end. Um, me and Andrew are getting hungry. Um, I haven't had any water to drink throughout this podcast, so I'm sounding a little hoarse right now, but we're probably going to be watching the U S men's national team play tonight against Canada. So we'll know the result. You'll, you guys will know the result once all uh once this podcast is released uh so you guys will know how me and andrew are collectively feeling uh if there's anything other than a win i don't think we're gonna be feeling too good exactly so So that's what we're hoping for uh tonight so hopefully everyone is enjoying their labor day weekend and uh yeah i guess that's like the conclusion and thanks for taking the time thanks for taking the time to come over man yeah it's always a good time so thanks again guys for listening and yeah, we'll probably be. I'll probably be posting a little bit uh, more frequently. Um, not have ten. <laughs>